welcome in to another edition of the Wisports.net podcast. I'm Travis Wilson, General Manager at Wisports.net, and your host for the WSN podcast. As we get into probably the busiest and, and maybe not most exciting overall, but uh, I think busiest would apply a week of the winter sports season where you have state championships for gymnastics, team wrestling, boys hockey, girls hockey. You have girls basketball into sectional play. And you have the boys' basketball playoffs finally getting underway. Of course, the opening round last night on Tuesday uh, with a whole bunch more games coming up on Friday, regional finals on Saturday. So a busy week. Certainly uh, three state championships going on at once, a lot of uh, attention spread all over the state. Um, but our focus today is going to be on girls' basketball with sectionals coming up, uh, sectional semifinals on Thursday, sectional finals on Saturday. And of course, those games on Saturday a trip to the Rush Center next week on the line for teams around the state of Wisconsin. And to bring us up to date and get insight on all of the happenings in girls basketball so far and what to look for this weekend, we now bring in our girls basketball writer and content manager at Wisports.net, Norbert Durst. Norb, how are you doing? Doing well. It's an exciting week for uh, the high school sports scene, definitely for the girls basketball teams looking to get a trip to the Rush Center. Yeah, uh, 20 teams will qualify for state on uh, on Saturday. Now, we don't know the full schedule for Saturday yet, of course, because those uh, matchups have not been determined. Um, but in the past, have there been games kind of spread out throughout the day, I, I believe, right on Saturday? Some games, 1, 2 o'clock in the afternoon, and some, uh, a few anyway, maybe later in the day? Correct. There are some early games, and then, uh, as you mentioned, some of those later games as well. Obviously, some depend on, you know, how their boys teams are doing and some of those uh, venues maybe being changed as well. If uh, teams that were scheduled to host are in that game, obviously they can't host. So uh, will be some changes, but, uh, you know, definitely a good chance for you to go out and watch a couple games on Saturday. So is that usually the case where you or someone could get to a couple sectional finals on Saturday? Yeah, that's been the case uh, in past years. I, maybe it's when the boys was uh, boys state was before the girls state. I actually think I was able to watch three games, um, at least one of those years. But you definitely have opportunity to watch two games. Uh, I think for the most part, maybe a little bit of a drive, but uh, most people have a good chance to watch a couple games on Saturday. And it was interesting to watch uh, a number of those sectional semifinal locations did get changed from what was originally on the schedule after the, uh, the actual matchups came out. Um, you know, there was some, some people initially saying, well, why are these two teams, you know, playing here? And, and a lot of those end up being changed. And of course it is, like you said, subject to availability and, and teams and schools wanting to host. Uh, so as people look at the brackets and look at those games, as of right now, the locations and even the times for Saturday sectional finals, there's a decent chance that some of those might change uh, again, depending on what teams will make it and uh, how things play out from Thursday night. But before we get into uh, looking ahead too much into Thursday and Saturday, let's take a look back at regional play, Norb. And uh, as we have seen almost every year, certainly every year I've been doing it, I'm sure every year you've been doing it too, there was a lot of blowouts early. Uh, that first night, Tuesday, and even on Friday when all the teams started to get into action, there were quite a few blowouts. Um, some pretty lopsided scores, but you know what? We saw the same thing in the boys tournament last night. Uh, does it seem any different than years past or is it kind of just what it is? 
I think it's just what it is. Those early games, you know, you're going to pit some really good teams against, you know, um, teams that you know, have struggled a bit throughout the year. So I think it's just what it is when, when everybody plays in the tournament, you're just going to have those blowouts early on. You just hope they, they just don't continue throughout the playoffs. And there were a few, uh, a few still on Saturday in regional finals, but we got a lot more competitive games on Saturday as well. There was some, uh, some overtime action, a couple of buzzer beaters as well. Uh, what were some of the games that stood out in terms of close games or, uh, or things like that from Friday, or excuse me, from last Saturday's regional finals? Well, the game I took in Racine Lutheran, uh, they were actually down by as many as I believe 15 points in that game against Milwaukee Academy of Science in the first half, but then they're just, their strong presence just kind of took over and, you know, Racine Lutheran is undefeated and for a reason, uh, led by Carolyn Strandy. So that one really, uh, uh, a good game for them because, you know, uh, looking at some of their non-conference games, you wonder, well, you know, they're undefeated, but how many great teams have they played? And I think that was a really good win heading into sectional play for them. A couple notable upsets, uh, Kewaskum, who in many years, in my eight years has struggled as a program, um, got a big win over Kiwani on Saturday, 49, 34. And, you know, that's against a Kiwani team that only had lost one game all season. So really big win for that program. Um, obviously really good to see those programs that have struggled maybe at times in the past, uh, get in their winning ways. And it's definitely good to see Kiwaskum on that list. And also, uh, um, Laconia who finished as the state runner up last year in division three, um, they knocked off a two seed Wapon. um, you know, Laconia lost a lot of good players from that team, but you know, you still have, uh, Lexi Smith, Haley Renz, who have been playing very well for them. So, you know, maybe look for them and they, they get that rematch against uh, Marshall in a sectional semifinal. So maybe they can keep that running. Also uh, some buzzer beaters. One of note uh, Turner um, got a buzzer beater three to beat Clinton, the top seed in that uh, sectional uh, sec in that section of regional final game, excuse me. Jen now hit that game winner. And that was uh, Turner's first sectional appearance. It will be their first sectional appearance since 1982. So again, you know, teams that maybe haven't had those big wins recently, it's good to see them do well. And Pacelli has been playing very good basketball. They, they uh, knocked off Colby and then just beat the top seed uh, Auburndale by a couple points in a regional final. So, uh, you know, definitely uh, um, them make uh, Pacelli making a good strides. They'll, um, you know, have another good chance. And for another upset coming up here, but, uh, you know, definitely some very exciting games. Uh, another one of no Waukesha West, uh, who was a four seed. They, they beat top seed union Grove in overtime 51 45 and Waukesha West was a team that I thought could make a nice little run, even though they have a young team. So, you know, that's kind of working out well for that, that, uh, Wolverines program. A lot of the, the brackets, as you look over them, there's a lot of chalk. There's a lot of one seeds, two seeds, mm -hmm. a, a few three fours sprinkled here and there. Pacelli, I believe, is the only team seated lower or worse than a four. They're a five. I mean, are there any of those that stick out as, to this point, the Cinderella of the tournament? 
Oh, you know, uh, Pacelli, just because maybe they, uh, you know, got those two wins over teams that, you know, when you're playing on the road, it's a lot more difficult. So I think if you're going to peg one, it's them. But as you mentioned, there's been a lot of chalk in the in the playoffs. So there really hasn't been a team that uh, with that really low seed that has made that that push early on. But, you know, we could see some of those lower seeds, even though they're not, you know, a low, low seed. Uh, but a lower seed knock off a team that has been ranked throughout the year. So we'll see if that can happen in sectional play. All right. So that's uh, a little bit of a look back um, at, at some of the happenings from regionals. And now we'll turn our attention to what is going to be on the uh, on the docket for this week. Again, Thursday night would be sectional semifinals around the state and then sectional finals on Saturday. And we'll go through each division. We're not necessarily going to preview every matchup. But let's go through each division and just kind of get some thoughts uh, thoughts there. And we'll start in Division One. Um, I believe every team is chalk at this point in D one. It's uh, one, two, three, and four uh, as you look across the brackets. So not any upsets that have uh, at least Stevens to point, this point was the one. Stevens points the only five seed. They okay, they there, did yeah, uh, yep. advance through beating Hudson. Yep, there you go. Yep. Uh, so yeah, not a lot of uh, not a lot of upsets anyway. Um, Anything that stands out in Division One as you look over some of these matchups that, you know, best game, um, you know, one where we could see an upset potentially. What what is the uh, what looks to be of interest in Division One? Well, the uh, Maguanago Kettle Moraine game, um, sectional four. That's a very intriguing game. Kettle Moraine did uh, hand Maguanago one of their only uh, two losses this season, and. You know, it sounded like uh, Drew Henning might not be able to play the rest of the postseason. Injured her knee in that win over Franklin. Um, really unfortunate news for her and the Indians program. But, you know, they're, they're a program that just finds a way to get to the state tournament. Um, you know, it's, what is it, six out of eight in the last year, uh, six of the last eight years they've reached the state tournament. So while, you know, they're, they're playing without one of their top players, that. A uh, little more challenging for them, but still a really good matchup because McGuanago is still really well coached team and got plenty of talent. Um, also, you know, you look at like a uh, a Germantown versus a um, a guard heavy Germantown team versus a, a West Bend West team that has a lot more size. So that one, uh, very intriguing matchup. Um, the West Bend West people aren't uh, haven't been totally thrilled about my picks throughout the postseason so far, but that's the joy of it. Got to pick one team. And, um, you know, that one uh, could be very interesting just because you have Maddie Baker um, up on top of that, uh, that defense and you just throw it into the hands of a, a tall athletic player. And, you know, it's going to be uh, tough traveling for Germantown, but Germantown's got some really good guards. Uh, Natalie McNeil going to St. Louis and then uh, Kamara Arnold, uh, numerous division one offers already as a freshman. I really think that guard play is going to be a little bit too much for West Bend West, but you know that size difference could be very intriguing in that matchup. Also in the, the uh, Kimberly Green Bay Preble game, um, you know Kimberly, uh, uh, 19 and 14, Preble 20 and four, um, line up fairly well. Um, Preble does have a little bit more size in the inside with Kendall Renard, who's going to Green Bay, along with uh, Carly Duffney. But you know Kimberly reached the state tournament last season. Most of those kids are are back from that squad, so that one should be a very very good contest as well. I I had to take note of uh, the Appleton East and DSHA game, uh, if for no other reason than both those teams had one point wins in a right. regional final. Appleton East beat 
uh, Homestead 49-48, and then DSHA won on a uh, buzzer beater or a, a late shot from Aliyah Garcia in double overtime over Watertown. Um, so y- you hope that uh, competitive nature continues with a game like that too. Yeah, I think that one's going to be another great game as well. DSHA, uh, you know, another guard-heavy team, uh, not very tall against an Appleton East team that, you know, maybe a little bit better in the, the wings and forward area, but, you know, it's basketball. you gotta got to have strong ball handlers, and you got to have good guard play to win in the postseason, and, you know, we'll see if Appleton East can handle that pressure that DSHA brings. All right, let's switch gears a little bit and head over to Division Two. Um what what stands out in Division Two? Any New Richmond beat River Falls is a, a four over one. I, I think you'd mentioned that earlier. Um, mm-hmm. Any in uh, Waukesha West over Union Grove as well. Uh, either of those that are better positioned to keep that Cinderella run going uh, in terms of those teams that are a little bit of a surprise at this point. Well, Waukesha West just because they're in a sectional that that just isn't quite as strong. I mean, you when you have to. Uh, deal with Hortonville, even if you win in a sectional semifinal. I mean, it, obviously you still have a chance going into the game, but Hortonville is a very strong team. Uh, so I'd say Waukesha West, just given the fact they're in a different sectional, uh, the road's a little bit clearer to get to the state tournament. All right. So as we look over D2 in general, what are we looking at? Is there a game that stands out as the, the best game on the docket for Thursday night? Yeah, I think that one's... Uh, I don't know if there's really even a question, in my opinion. I think it's Notre Dame-Pulaski. Uh, they split regular season meetings. And, you know, both teams um, uh, beat Bayport uh, late in the season. Bayport just has the two losses in Division One. Um, so, you know, both teams are starting to play. Definitely, Pulaski's definitely playing their best ball. There were a few hiccups with Notre Dame um, in the past uh, month or so. But, you know, they're both playing really good basketball. Uh, very good guard play. Um, you know, that one's going to be probably come down to a lot of uh, who plays the better defense in that game, just because, you know, coming from that FRCC, very good league, really good, and especially on the defensive end of the floor in that league. So it uh, could be a, definitely a grinder in that contest. Anyone in Division Two from an individual standpoint that uh, could step up and carry their team, you know, to a state tournament appearance over the next couple of days is a you know, a, a, just a dominant individual player, um, maybe, you know, not on a team that, uh, you know, like a Hortonville, for instance, or a Beaver Dam, that you, you, the team is just extremely good. But any individual players that have that potential? You know, an Arid Hedman from New Berlin Eisenhower, they're in that very strong uh, uh, sectional with Pius and Pewaukee. They, they uh, New Berlin Eisenhower plays Pewaukee on, on Thursday night in that sectional semifinal. Uh, they met last year in the same contest, I believe it was the same venue even at Greenfield, and uh, Pewaukee just came out blazing in that contest, and uh, you know, Aaron Hedman's a player for, for New Berlin-Eisenhower, they really need her to go, and she has played very well for them, but I think she's a player that, that could really light it up and maybe uh, help uh, New Berlin-Eisenhower get back to the state tournament. All right, and uh, for, for folks that hadn't seen uh, your picks before the playoffs, I guess. How are they looking so far? Um, are, are you still sticking with uh, what you had at the uh, Division Two uh, matchup? Yeah, I'm just going to stay where I'm at. No sense uh, waffling at this point. I guess we'll just see uh, how it works out in the end. But overall, the picks have been going fairly well. Um, obviously, upsets here or there. But the mo- for the most part, those top teams are still alive. 
And remind me again, did you have Hortonville over Beaver Dam or Beaver Dam over Hortonville in the in the championship in D two? Beaver Dam over Hortonville. Okay. All right. Hortonville doesn't like you now either. <laughs> All right. Uh division three. Um what stands out there? Any any teams that are still alive that are a little bit of a surprise? Uh and then also uh what's the best matchup, do you think, in division three this week? You know, for as far as uh division three goes, there you know, there's a lot of chalk there as as you know we've talked about before. Maybe a Sheboygan Falls team that has went through a coaching change this year and I believe they actually their 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 coach I was coaching last year is now back at the helm, uh, Mark Olivieri, and uh, they actually had Bob Morundi there as the start of the year, um, a WBCA Hall of Fame coach. Um, and, you know, one of their top players who went over 1,000 points this year actually quit not long after 1,000, scoring that 1,000 points. So a lot of, of distractions on that team, but they go out and beat Velders in a regional final, and they're still alive. Uh, I did mention Kiwaskum. Um, beating uh, Kiwani in that regional final. Those two teams, Kiwaskam and Sheboygan Falls matchup. So uh, two of the, the bigger surprises in Division Three are right in that uh, that sectional that, that has uh, Wrightstown and, and Freedom, the two of the top teams in Division Three. Wrightstown Freedom, third matchup between those two teams. Uh, remind me, did Wrightstown win both or did they split those? They split those. The first one was a freedom overtime uh, overtime win, and then Wrightstown uh, um, handled them pretty um, pretty easily in that second contest. I believe it was like a twenty point game. Okay, so is that the best game this weekend? Do you think if you had to pick one to go to in Division Three, that would be the game I'd pick. Uh, you know, it's Wrightstown uh, reached the state tournament a couple years back. Uh, I believe it was three three years ago now when uh, Bridget Froelke uh, was a freshman. Uh, Freedom reached the state tournament last season. Uh, those teams have been battling, you know, game in, game out, and um, we're going to go again for another round. And I, I think that it's hands down the best matchup in Division Three in the in a sectional semi. Either from kind of looking at how those games went or hearing from anyone, um, anything that that stood out in those first two matchups that that could be a key factor in this third game. Do you think? You know, I think for freedom, they need to keep the pace of play at, at their liking. They're a team that plays a little more methodically than uh, um, than Wrightstown does. Wrightstown likes to get up and down the floor, um, love to shoot the three, especially Bridget Frilke. She got over 100 three-pointers made this season. So I think for freedom, keep that pace a little bit slower. And Wrightstown, get up and down as quickly as possible because that, that tempo, um, I was at the second contest, and that tempo was – was uh, tough for freedom to keep up with, especially when those shots are falling. It's and then you kind of get caught, uh, maybe trying to get into their flow, and you know that that's a big thing with some of those teams. Whether it's you know the the style of play, you kind of want to keep it your way. Otherwise, you you get into the opponent's style, and you know things can get a little wild. All right, uh, any any changes in in the teams that you like coming out of some of these sectionals in Division Three? No, I'm uh, I'm staying right where I was before, and uh, I guess we'll we'll see what what happens here. But you know, Platteville, who beat Prairie Sheen twice in the regular season, both were um, relatively close scores, ten points and eight points. So we'll see if Prairie Sheen can maybe knock off Platteville, who is undefeated in Division Three. All right, Division Four, where Pacelli, as as we talked about before, is the 
lowest or highest, I guess, depending on how you look at it, uh, worst seeded team still remaining, a five seed. They beat Auburndale 48-46 to advance. So uh, they're certainly the the Cinderella, the surprise of Division Four, right? Yeah, definitely. You know, as far as what teams are remaining, um, you know, they took some losses earlier in the season, but, you know, they're playing their best basketball now. So you kind of just throw away some of those some of those losses in the regular season and just worry about how well a team's playing right now. All right. So what are we looking at for division four? Anything stand out uh, as you look over some of these matchups here? You know, the uh, Melrose Mendoro Nielsville game, you know, if, if Nielsville can keep that game again at, at a slower pace, you know, I think they can compete against Melrose Mendoro. Although, you know, all that firepower, all that size that Melrose has and, you slow them down and you got to worry about their bigs a little bit more. And, you know, that's, uh, that could be very challenging if, uh, uh, you know, they're unable to corral the, the, the bigs for Melrose Mendora and Mason Byam and, and, uh, Emily Herzberg, but, you know, definitely, uh, Nielsville is a very well coached team. So, you know, again, if they can keep, keep their, their game plan together, um, you know, that could be a close one there. Um, you know, Bond Duell against Crandon. I think that's a very interesting matchup. Uh, Bond Duell only two losses this season. Um, last year though, they lost to Crandon 45 to 21 in a sectional semifinal game. And, you know, I'm sure in the back of their mind, it's there, um, wanting to play better in that contest. Um, I think overall Crandon's played a little bit better of a schedule that includes, you know, again, losses, but, um, you know, they played Platteville, they played Rhinelander both teams that are in sectional play. Um, so I think that's going to help Crandon in the end, but uh, Bonduel is definitely a very good team that um, it's definitely going to be a very good game there for sure. Um, as far as the rest of division four, um, you know, Howard's Grove, Michigan, the third time around, uh, very similar to the, the freedom uh, Wrightstown matchup um, split contest in the regular season, Howard's Grove, uh, won the first Michigan won the second, just the run Michigan is on right now, though it is, is going very well for them. And, you know, they did play some, some good non-conference opponents. And I think that that means a lot for teams go out and play good opponents in the non-conference schedule, uh, definitely helps when you get to the, the postseason, able to beat teams with a little bit better, you know, maybe better, uh, individual talent or just as a whole, but you know, Howard's Grove just finds ways to win. Um, not as, um, you know, highly talented maybe as a Michigan team, but a team that's definitely willing to play hard on the defensive end of the floor. And, you know, if you limit your opponent and scoring, you don't have to score as many. So I uh, definitely look for that one to be one heck of a game. I want to ask you about a potential sectional final matchup between potentially again, between Colfax and Melrose Mindoro. In the uh, staff and media partner picks, most people picked Melrose Mendoro to come out of that one. I was one of the few people to pick uh, Colfax to come out. What can you tell us about Colfax? Uh, we got a chance to see them, of course, at the uh, at one of our summer tournaments this uh, this summer, and I was very impressed with them, especially Cami Meredith. You know, what kind of schedule have they played? What uh, what 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 will that matchup uh, bring? I, I know they played late in the year, and, and Melrose won by twenty, but any chance for Colfax to come out of there and make me look good, I guess. You know, there is a chance, but again, that, that size issue for Colfax is, is tough. I mean, any team playing Melrose Mendoro, unless you have, you know, 
crazy quick guards that can get up and down the floor and not have to worry about the bigs as much. But Colfax, you know, just doesn't quite have that kind of size to match up with Melrose Mendora. But, you know, they have played a great schedule. They've, you know, they played Hudson, a uh, Division One team. Um, they played Clear Lake, undefeated Division Five team. Um, you know, again, and then Melrose Mendoro, they, they play a good schedule. So again, you know, it's, they need to make outside shots. Uh, that's the three ball is going to be huge for them in that contest. And they can go out and, and make some threes, get some points in transition. They'll have a shot in that game. But, you know, when, when it comes down to it, the, the big three for Melrose Mendoro are just that good. You know, they've, they win a lot of games. I mean, uh, you know, they've last two years, they're the state runner up in division four. So I just think overall it's going to be too much for Colfax, but there is maybe, you know, if you get those outside shots rolling and, and maybe fall trouble as well, um, that they could get past Melrose Bandoro. I apparently should have looked at that matchup or that schedule a little bit closer and realized those two, those two teams already played each other before I picked Colfax <laughs> to come out of there. Uh, all right. So division four, uh, and we haven't even, I don't think touched on uh, defending champion Aquinas and, and how they're looking without Courtney Becker haven't really had any problems too much, but, uh, you know, they haven't really been challenged so far right. really in the playoffs either. No, they have not. And, you know, uh, they do play a very good mineral point team on Thursday, uh, mineral point, you know, that they, they've, they played a very good schedule too. Uh, they played, uh, Blackhawk and lost by only five points. They also, uh, played Platteville very tough. So, you know, they're, they have the recipe to, and last year, I believe the pointers gave Aquinas one of their toughest games of the year, year as well in a sectional semifinal. Um, but, you know, uh, missing uh, Courtney Becker is going to be huge. Um, but, you know, they still have Lexi Donarski. They still have Taylor Touche. They still have Mason Donarski. They still have a very talented team that would need a lot of things to happen, I think for them to lose very similar to maybe a Blackhawk team where, where they're at, especially before the state tournament. But, uh, you know, maybe, maybe, uh, Melrose or, uh, excuse me, mineral point can, can find a way to limit Lexi Donarski. And, you know, if Aquinas doesn't shoot the ball well from the outside, which they do usually that one could be a game. I'm sure you are in everybody, except for people from mineral point are picking Aquinas in this game, but, what would be a score that you would look at and say, Ooh, that's kind of interesting and maybe not a very good sign for Aquinas. What, what would be a score differential that would kind of open your eyes in that one? Uh, I think they would need to keep it within a 10 point game. Um, Cause I, I think even without Courtney Becker, they're a team that can, that can roll past a lot of the division four teams. Um, but you know, maybe within 10 points, then be like, well, maybe there's a lot better of a chance for a Melrose Mendoro, a Racine Lutheran to beat um, Aquinas at the state tournament. But, you know, I guess we will find out. Division five uh, all year, the, you know, and going back the last couple of years, it's been Blackhawk and everybody else. They're undefeated defending state champions and have dominated so far this year. They put up over a hundred, their first playoff game. Um, held the the last two teams under 30 points in uh, victories that were uh, over 40. Any any uh, anyone that has come out and and made a statement in the playoffs to say you know what we're good enough to challenge Blackhawk supremacy in Division Five. 
You know, it might be Clear Lake, uh, another undefeated team that, again, has played um, some of those uh, better non-conference opponents. You know, they have a nice win over Colfax. They also handed St. Croix Falls their only loss of the season. Um, They have the size, uh, good guard play. I think they're a team that, you know, maybe similar to that Bangor team uh, a couple years back that that defeated Blackhawk in the state championship game. Uh, But, you know, that's still still a tall task for anybody. But I would say uh, Clear Lake's the most equipped team. Anything stand out uh, from teams that are still alive in Division Five? Any anyone that is a surprise? Anyone that uh, you know was maybe impressive, um, more impressive than than what you were thinking early on? Uh, you know, I got to give a shout out to Azika Steuben. Um, I I picked them to lose against uh, Riverdale in a uh, regional semifinal, actually, and you know they're here and they're in a, a sectional semi against River Ridge. Um, you know, uh, being from the Ridge and Valley conference, it's obviously tough to, to pick against them, especially when they're a two seed, but, um, conference as a whole, isn't as strong as some of those other leagues. So I think, you know, Wazika came out and did what they needed to do. And, you know, now they have another chance against river Ridge and river Ridge beat them in the regular season, uh, by 20 points. So we'll see if they can, you know, find a way to get that one closer and get a chance to, uh, get to a sectional final. You have one game you can go to in Division Five. What would that pick be? Who one game in Division Five? I would go with uh, Bangor Oliva Strum. Uh, Bangor uh, just one loss on the season. That's to Melrose Mendoro. Oliva Strum. They do have six losses, but they've played some very good opponents. Two of those losses were Melrose Mendoro, um, and none of the losses were against Division Five opponents. So. You know, similar to what what Bangor has, and guard play maybe a little bit on the edge of Oliva Strum, uh, but you know both teams have good enough uh, post play as well. You know, it, maybe the pace of play there because Oliva Strum likes to get up and down a little bit more than Bangor will. But you know, you know, see whose pace kind of ends um, in their favor, and see who can get to that sectional final. Um, in uh, that sectional number two. So any, how much concern, I guess, about Bangor having to go to overtime to beat Blair Taylor in a, in a regional final? Uh, Blair Taylor, even though they were young this year, uh, had a very good season. They, they've beat a couple of those uh, scenic bluffs contenders. So I don't think that's uh, necessarily something that <clears throat> should make Bangor feel like, you know, I'm not sure about this Oliva Strum game. Um, but you know, Oliva Strum is a team I had ranked a little bit higher at the start of the year. So definitely would not be surprised if Oliva Strum, um, came out victorious in that game, but Bangor knows how to win games. And for teams that just flat out know how to win games, it's hard to pick against them. All right. So that's, uh, our, our look at all of the divisions, one, two, three, four, and five. Um, anything really that you're most looking forward to on Thursday, uh, whether it's a matchup, whether it's uh, you know a, a theme that might be uh, across the state, anything that that you're really watching for on Thursday night as scores start to roll in. You know, there's so many good things, uh, so many uh, you know those those uh, repeat matchups. You know that Wrightstown Freedom game, um, probably the biggest one I've been um, looking at. You know, and 
to see what player can, you know, if they're an underdog or even a favorite player can step up and make those big plays down the stretch might not be the leading score in a game, but what player is going to make those big plays down the stretch and really looking forward to seeing, um, you know, those upset picks. Cause you know, upsets are going to happen. So really excited for those, even though they may not have picked them, but I'm sure they'll let me know later if I didn't pick them, but uh, um, definitely a lot of very good games across the state on Thursday night as we head into the weekend. So, you know, make sure to get out to a game. Um, a lot of good players and teams. All right. As we uh, get ready for sectional play this week, certainly folks, uh, folks can check out Norbert's uh, uh, breakdowns and picks on WSN. Norb, what else do we have coming up between now and the state tournament next week? Well, the, the finalists for the senior awards will be released uh, later this week. Um, again, there, there'll be my picks after that. Uh, did you say before the state tournament? Yeah. Up, <laughs> up to the state tournament. What, what do uh, we have? Then we'll next week we'll have the winners for the senior awards. I'll have the breakdowns for all the divisions, uh, my picks, um, and many other stuff. So make sure to head over to wisports.net daily, hourly, every other minute, um, to make sure you get all the information that we have posted. Pound that refresh button, folks. Pound <laughs> it. Or set up a macro uh, or, uh, or script to uh, just refresh pages constantly. Uh, don't do that. That actually, I think, is illegal for us to even say that. So don't do that. Um, but <laughs> check with sports frequently. Check it often. Uh, by the way, we will also be releasing, uh, uh, in partnership with the Wisconsin Basketball Coaches Association, the WBCA All-State team next week. I believe that's planned for Monday for the girls and Tuesday for the boys. So that'll be out next week as well. And as Norb said, just all kinds of content as we lead up to the state tournament next week at the Rush Center in Green Bay. Norb, always good stuff. Uh, what game are you heading to Thursday? And do you have an early pick on uh, on a potential for Saturday? Uh, I'm planning on going to the Notre Dame-Pulaski game on Thursday. And Saturday, um, most likely Mattis Memorial versus Middleton, the top two teams uh, as far as rankings go in Division One. So, uh, you know, if both those teams can win their sectional finals, um, could be one heck of a sectional final contest. And if that were to come to fruition, as of right now, that is scheduled for Beloit on Saturday. But That will be one changed, of those, though. Yeah, one, one of those games, we'll wait and see. Maybe a Sun Prairie, maybe a Wanakee would be a potential location for that game, uh, depending on availability, depending on boys' teams that might still be alive, etc. Norb, good stuff. We'll, uh, we'll chat at you again. And uh, certainly, folks, again, can check out Norbert's stuff all week on uh, Wisports.net. He is Norbert Durst. I am Travis Wilson. This has been a WSN podcast. We'll see you at a game.